Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. (sighs) (laughs) Hello. Hello, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. um, We had snow yesterday. It was was Sunday fun day and some parts of the country got a massive dump yesterday. And so it was was amazing, wasn't it? So we're obviously over in Surrey. We had loads. My sister who lives in Kent didn't have any and you didn't have any. We didn't have any. Well, we had, I I say none, but we we had like a tiny bit, not enough to go make a, you know, like a snowman or anything like that, which was a shame. But I mean, it looked wonderful. I'm so... I guess it sounds so silly, but like so needed. Do you know what? It doesn't sound silly at all. I was obviously on air yesterday and the text messages that were coming in when the snow started to come down in London um, were, you know, this one particular one that stands out said, you know, uh, just when you think there's nothing left to be happy about, you look out the window and it started to snow um, and then suddenly there's hope. And I know it sounds very dramatic for just a sprinkling of snow, but there's something so magical about it. And I think everyone turned into a bit of a kid yesterday and we could chuck snowballs and forget about a pandemic. It was brilliant. Yeah, no, so true. And actually this year, I think we've all started appreciating like the little things. Like, you know, two years ago, we'd have probably been moaning about the snow because we would have been trying to get to lunch and we yeah. couldn't get there and, and the tubes were cancelled and yeah. all of that and we'd have been like oh oh this is annoying but actually there's nothing else to do so why not go out and enjoy it <laughs> I bloody loved it we took the sledges up to this uh, we just walked out and went up to this hill near our house and Dozzle was um was it did you see the video he was basically like yeah. pulling us at the speed of light down this hill which was really fucking good fun I had such oh, a good time oh, so yeah it was just, and then when I got back from my car after work he'd written PDJ Hart said DJ on the back of my car and I, it's like you were saying about the little things like yeah. you know maybe in the past I would have gone like oh okay well you know are we going to take me out for a nice lunch but now I'm like yes he's written on the back of my car <laughs> relationship <laughs> goals yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which leads us nicely yes. to the chat we're going to have today yeah how is your relationship going it's all right actually um we I think this year we've never argued so much mm. as like at any time but we've also never spent so much time with each other so you know plenty of opportunity to argue Mm. um but yeah I think we yeah we're a lot better this lockdown than we were the last probably because James is at work (laughs) 
how um, how do your arguments go down? Like, if you do have a spat between the two of you, what does what does it look like in terms what of? What does it look like? It's yeah. usually something really small that triggers it off, right? And it's usually to do with like something like you know me not getting enough time to myself or right. me not feeling appreciated or yeah mainly that kind of thing but the thing with James is is that's why he's called judgy James because he's very judgy so like he will judge the way you do anything and in the past that I used to know that's just what he does you know he's just particular and that's you know that's how he is he's very particular about everything and I used to just let it go over my head because you know I had a load of break from it I had you know I wasn't with him all the time so it was fine (laughs) I used to just laugh it off but I think this you know, this year particularly where I feel like I'm taking on everything where, you know, fair enough, he can't take everything on. He has to go out to work. Um, I think, you know, I resent it quite a lot when he does pick at me because I feel like, are you actually joking? Are you joking? (laughs) You are worried about the way, you know, I don't know, whatever it is, like I folded the the t-shirts. Please give me a please give me a fucking break yeah whereas before I would just be like oh shut up like oh shut up you do it you know like I would just you know it'd be fine but this year I feel like I'm taking things a lot more like a lot harder and a lot more personal yeah um so yeah it's understandable it's understandable because you know you're like hang on a minute I'm here 24 hours a day seven days a week you get to go out yes okay it's to work but you still have to have you get to have human conversation Yes. You get to interact with other people, do a job right. that you love, and then you're coming back and talking about the t-shirts. And I understand that. And I'm I'm a, I'm the same actually in, in various things. I'm one of those people that I don't see the need to highlight stuff. Like for example, yeah, I don't. if yeah. there's something that irritates me, like I don't know, the fact that he folds the towels up and leaves them in a perfect square wet on the floor <laughs> in the um, bedroom. <laughs> I don't I don't feel the need to go, oh for goodness sakes, where you pick the towel up and do, I just pick it up and I just go, Oh well look, it's me one too. of those works, whatever. I'm not that bothered. I don't want to have a row. Whereas he's the other way around. Like if something is irritating him, he'll very much highlight it to me. And I'm like, why? Just leave yeah. me. Like I'm doing yeah. the best I can. It's quite interesting that I, I'd rather just say nothing and get on with it rather than have an argument. But we're, we're so hot headed. Like, we're, you know, he's a Taurus. I'm a Scorpio. When yeah. we're good, we're really good. And when we're bad, we're wicked. And the arguments are so savage when they go, when they go there. You know, most of the time yeah. we don't argue. But I don't know if anyone else is experiencing this because of the, the, the pressure cooker environment. And the feeling of, I can't even, you know, I'm not really even sort of supposed to get in the car and, you know, drive out somewhere. You know, I'm not even allowed to do that. There is yeah. like, there's the feeling of complete claustrophobia. And so yeah. it's like things that would have, like you said, would have just been washed away. They become a real thing, don't they? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, you can't. That That is that is the whole thing. So I'm exactly the same as you. Like mm. I, I can let things go quite easily, you know, like, oh, that annoyed me. You, you leave your pants on the floor. All right, whatever. whatever. I just pick them up and put them in the washroom. Mm. It's really not the end of the world. But then, yeah, exactly the same. He's a lot. Yeah. He's a lot hard. But you know what else you talk about? Claustrophobia. Right. Uh, that is what I find so hard. So, I mean, you know, I don't really talk about like sex life or anything, but say I'm in the <laughs> shower. Say I'm in the shower, right? And before, if James used to like jump in the shower with me, that would be like fun. 
Mm. Now I'm like, oh my God, get away from me. <laughs> I can't even be on my own in the shower. I know. Why? Why are you coming in here? <laughs> I know. And then the water splashing up in your face with two of you is irritating. Oh, and you're just thinking, oh my you're God, bit- please, I just want some space. Don't yeah. come near me. But then you're like, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, I hear you. I absolutely hear you. And I don't know about you, but. In previous life, I used to be able to, you know, during an argument, I could be like, okay, let's press the, let's press the ripcord or pull the ripcord here. And we've got a code word and we can step away and let's take a moment. And I actually think it's really important to have, it's quite a good tip, actually, if you have got a code word that kind of gets you out of one of those heated situations that you can't talk your way out of, you know, when it's getting really, really hot and heavy and things are getting quite explosive. I think it's really important. Me and Dozer say we're going to come up with a new one that's, that's kind of funny, like broccoli or cauliflower or something so that we can kind of lighten the mood because otherwise (laughs) I'm like a rock filer and I can't, I just keep going, why? Well, tell me why you cross. And and it's like, he's just like, leave me alone. And I, (laughs) I need to learn. I really do need to learn. I probably need to do some more work on it just to be able to step back from it let it go in that in that situation and just be like okay it's fine and just take a break um yeah, but my nature yeah. is to like push and push and push and push and push um um once i'm in an argument you know before it That's fine it. you're in it yeah yeah. 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 yeah 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 it is i think one of you has to be the person that can like take a step back and be yeah. like right okay let's quit you know let's leave this yeah. let's put this to bed yeah. but um yeah I mean there's oh. we've got loads of tips coming up <laughs> in this chat and do you know what it's something I've really thought about we had this chat last week and I have thought about it over you know over the last week a lot of the tips that were given and I'm hoping it's making me better I think we really needed it. I think me and you really needed it. And I think yeah, from did. the messages that we're getting in from our from the followers and people that listen to the podcast, you know, everybody is going through it in their relationship in their own way. So we really wanted to give you um, a conversation that could hopefully, like Georgia said, give you some tips on how to deal with those situations, understand our partners more and basically, you know, have a space to be like, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Everyone's going through it. Exactly. Um, yes. who, who are we talking to today, G? Today, we are chatting to psychotherapist Victoria Shallett. So today, we're talking to Victoria Shallett. Hello. Hello. Yay. <laughs> How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Just about. <laughs> Get asked that a lot, or is it you usually doing the asking? Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of, uh, sometimes don't always ask, but um, yeah, it's always a fun, funny one, isn't it? It's like, people kind of say fine, and I often say fine as in the kind of, <laughs> there's an acronym for fine, there are two actually. Go on. It can be, um, <laughs> Fucked up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. <laughs> That's me. Oh, what's the other one? <laughs> Fucking incapable of normal expression. <laughs> That's you, Georgia. That's me. Right. We've got it. We've got the two. We've got the. We've got the down. We know exactly what that means now. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. Being a psychotherapist. Um, that's quite interesting that people, I mean, you can probably tell the answer when you say to somebody, how are you? And they go, fine. Can mm. you can you see through that? Is that one of your many special skills? <laughs> and are <laughs> you hearing it a lot at the moment? Um, yeah. Well, what's interesting is when um, we went straight into the lockdown the first time and it was, you know, everyone was working from home and I was working all the time on online. It was what I really missed was people walking into the office and actually feeling the energy of people because before they've even spoken you can feel how they are a lot of the time 
Yeah, to a large extent you can. But I think once you've built up a relationship with a client, you're, well, at least I can say that I feel that I kind of can see on their face or I can feel just in their hello how they might be. And just tell us exactly what you do and your kind of method of working. It's really interesting. Um, well, I trained as a psychotherapist, a gestalt, a humanistic psychotherapist, which doesn't mean much to a lot of people. It's quite a, a broad term, psychotherapist. But essentially, I trained to work with individuals. And then I got really interested in working with couples. And I did some training on that. And then I finished. Uh, I trained in North London in a place called Spectrum. And once I'd got through the program there, I felt like I wanted some more support with couples because it really interested me, yeah. particularly after I'd had my son. Um, unsurprisingly, because it kind of um, does something to your yes, relationship. it definitely um, does. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I was saying to G that I kind of felt that, you know, five months after my son was born, I was really wanting to use my brain. And I kind of got this email through, you know, that I'd subscribed to saying, hey, you know, you could do this module and it would be this much off. And, you know, very American kind of, it should be, you know, $3,000 and it's $400. Mm -hmm. And I was like, right, okay, I'll just, I'll just do this to keep my mind ticking over. It's one module. I won't think about it. It'll just get, you know, some professional development under my belt. And, um, and I got hooked and I had signed up to do this work with a guy called Terry Reel in the States, who is um, the founder of Relational Life Institute. And he set up RLT therapy, which is um, teaching people to be more relational. And okay. he um, he's phenomenal. And I, uh, and I find his method of working so compassionate and yet to the point and it has really good results so I kind of got hooked and I did the three-year training and I was going back and forth to the states to do that and then um I qualified uh, in 2019 wow and I'm one of a very very few of us in the UK who are qualified to work in that method so people who are looking to him you know he's He's one of those people he's talked on Oprah, on Goop, on those kind of things. And people yeah. hear him and then look for him. And so suddenly the the influx of, of people looking for couples usually come to me looking for that work. Right, also, okay. Georgia, he's on route to Oprah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> you can hook us up. <laughs> um, so you mentioned that uh, you became particularly interested in working with couples after you had your son. Mm. Um, so I'm guessing you must have quite a lot of parents coming to you. And what do they usually come to you with? What are the issues that kind of trigger a couple to come and see somebody? It's a really good question. I think, um, I think it's shock, <laughs> frankly. I think it's, I, no one can prepare you. I, I don't know about you guys. I'm, you know, I've only had one. You guys have two. But, you know, no one prepares you for what it does to your life. Mm. Um, I mean, of course, I can, I'm going to put all the brilliant things that we get from having a child on a chair and that's all there. But it, it really does change your perspective. It changes your relationship. It changes how much energy you have, what you have to give to the world and how you feel about yourself, your identity, so much changes overnight yeah and so people come with that they then come with the kind of um 
the the kind of grief about the loss of the relationship although sometimes yeah. it doesn't show up about that it's a lot of anger and resentment and I want to leave and I can't do this anymore um and uh, and then you know I, th- I know you've touched on this other, with other people in podcasts just then it becomes like how you parent yeah. then suddenly our our kind of own childhoods start to show up more than they ever have before yeah. you know children are our best and most painful mirrors um and so it's going to show up you know how we were each of us was brought up mm. and and how we were parented rightly or wrongly and we just it, it feels instinctive because that's how we were parented and so it makes sense to us but that's not always going to be the same as your partner Mm. it's really interesting that you mentioned that because I feel like before we became parents nobody even highlighted for a second that any of that stuff would come up yeah like, sure. I, I never even I just thought oh we'll just have a baby and you know we'll just be, we'll be completely on the same page about everything you know we'll want the same things we'll be doing it as a team like nobody said for a second you know what there's probably going to be you know, tussles between the two of you about how to discipline or, you know, what food they're eating, what time they're going mm-hmm. to bed or, you know, one rule for for one, one rule for the other. Like there's so much stuff that comes up. It's like this massive ocean of waves just crashing against you constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I, there's and a layer of grief before that, yes. before you even get into the kind of how to parent. There's this overnight kind of loss of the life that you'll never have again like that. Even if you, you know, I know we all claw it back a little bit but you will never have no one to worry about again like in that way yeah it'll never just be the two of you again and so there is something about really honoring that as 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 having ended now what's the next chapter but we gloss over that because (laughs) there's no time you're in that bubble of how the hell do I keep this thing alive yeah Um, and so I think that piece is the piece that gets missing and then we layer on top of that foundation of how do you parent do you see like parents coming to you that are not like jealous of the child but they feel where they used to be their partner's everything and Mm -hmm. they now second to that sure do you see that comes up a lot like that you know one one partner maybe can't 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 get over the fact that they're not number one anymore yeah and I think I think a lot of um you know it's a little bit of a cliche but cliches are there because they're real right they're true yeah there's a a sense that um and a lot of people can get angry because mostly and I'm really generalizing here mostly it's kind of men who feel like they're kind of suddenly out of the picture and they've lost you yeah. And they have, but I think that goes back to the point about the grief that I was talking about. If you haven't acknowledged the loss, then then you feel like you're being a spoiled brat if you're saying I haven't I want in. Um it's a it's a really difficult one. They do, you know, we the relationship changes, the dynamic changes and it and you have to work harder than you ever did before to make time for the couple. Mm. And I don't see I think that's what I say to more couples than anything is that you have to make time for the two of you, even if that is 10 minutes at the end of the day. Um, Because if you don't do it, you will lose sight of each other and there's nothing to come back to. Yeah. It's interesting because um, I, you know, I don't have all the answers, but somebody once said to me years ago, it's a great piece of advice that 
if you're walking through the door and your partner's there and your kids come running over, you make sure that you give your partner a kiss and a mm. hug before you kiss your children. And some people, you know, raise their eyebrows at me, but oh yeah, they've come bounding up to you and it's really important. Mm. Look, don't necessarily do that all the time, but sure. I very much, you know, because the role, the it's been quite a sort of archetypal role reversal recently with me going out to work last year a lot and Dozer being mm. at home, working from home. And so every time I've come in the door, I could see in his face, he's had it up to the mm. eye- yeah. <laughs> up to the eyeballs with them. And I sure. want to make sure that he knows that he is my priority. And in fact, your relationship, even though you've had a child, still has to be the priority because for, for me, I don't know if you'd agree with this, Victoria, it's like you're just a couple trying to muddle through. Then you've Absolutely. had this tiny baby chucked in the middle of it. You can't, you can't take your foot off the pedal with your relationship. No, absolutely. And that was one of the, I mean, Adam and I have been in um, therapy since we met pretty much because that's what my world is. And also because we had, you know, we came to a relationship, he has a daughter and we had to kind of like find our way with the, the relationships that had gone before. And um, and it's been the best thing we've ever done. We do it periodically. We've worked with the same woman for years. And it's so helpful to have someone else kind of watching us from from the outside with our relationship, her best interests, you know, our relationship at the heart of it. And she, um, you know, she's there to kind of remind us, you know, you've been here before and this has happened and I've seen this before, this pattern and this pattern. And and it's been really useful. But she said to us very early on, exactly that, you know, you've got to, you know, your child will be with you until they're a grown adult. And then they're yeah. going to make their way in the world. Yeah. And you guys are going to be left together. Like the relationship is core. Cool. And also more than that, you are modeling how to be relational yes. in the world. Yeah. What your children see and what they live is is what they learn. Yeah. You, you talk about the grief I just want to sort of touch on that. Um, yeah. In what ways can we, ex- you know, talk about the grief, accept the grief and and kind of live with it, I guess, because obviously life will never be the same again, but we find a new way. So what are the sort of tips that you give your clients on how to really address that period of life, which is over for now? <laughs> I, 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 think, I think naming it more than anything. It's like naming it, letting it be there, letting it that kind of hang in the air like that is gone. And I think a lot of people, mostly, uh, I probably speak for myself here, that I probably did it. I kind of, I could make that mean very easily. I could make that mean that there's part of me that doesn't want my son here because I'm missing something, but it's not. You've got to hold both ends. You can feel both things at the same time. Like I don't want, you know, my life has changed and that's wonderful because my son is here and I'm really missing my life with just my husband and I'm missing what was possible and so to make space for the for it and to acknowledge it and and then more importantly to join in it with each other to join in the truth of both of you missing that yeah and just just saying yeah I miss it too not not getting defensive as if that means that the life you now have isn't good enough which Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people can do Yeah. And so you sort of mentioned about, you know, a lot of people grieve the loss of their life before. But I think sometimes what can happen in, um, you know, in relationships is that one might feel quite happy with their Mm. life, you know, they're really happy with it. And, and that's fine. And that's the way they pictured it. And, you know, they're getting on with it. And then the other doesn't feel 
like so you know on the same yeah. page and they're the one that's grieving yeah. and I think sometimes that can be really really difficult because divisive yeah mm. because one person is happy with the new them they're you know they're more than happy mm. with it that's maybe what they always pictured it was going to be um and then the other person isn't so mm. how do, I mean well obviously you do like couples um therapy together but do does it come down to individuals working on themselves as well yeah a lot well yeah. a lot of the time I uh, and part of Terry's training it supports the therapists the couples therapists to work with the individual with the other one there yeah so there's occasions where I might do a session with each of you individually but mostly I will do the work in front of the other so sometimes I might not speak to one of the other <laughs> one of them very much throughout yeah. the session and I'll ask permission to see if and keep checking in to see if that's okay but actually part of the the magic and the power of therapy is someone witnessing you so what's more intimate and more real than your partner being there when you're processing that yeah um and it's it that's transformative it has been certainly for my marriage um but I do think you know gee your your point that you were raising about the kind of the difference one can enjoy it and the other one not so much that was definitely my experience I was uh much happier than my husband was at the beginning. My, my husband found it really difficult when our son yeah. was born and yeah. really grieved the life before. And his mode, as Zoe knows, he's much more kind of expressive <laughs> and he's quite angry. And he kind of, um, and that all comes up and I'm such a kind of get on with it, get up, do it and, you know, not complain. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, he's, that, he's, he's a lot more kind of, he's a, he's a kind of up and down, highs and lows. Yeah. Character, isn't he? <laughs> you know how Adam is. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows how Adam is, <laughs> even if you're doing a Barry's class. Um, the whole class will know. But it's a kind of, and that's hard to live with. And I could, and it got to about 10 months. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't keep it all together. Mm. And I really needed some help. And I, you know, uh, it's my job to tell people to ask for help. And unsurprisingly, I find it quite difficult. Um, funny myself. that. Yeah. It was really really important for us to acknowledge that you know when you carry a baby you have nine nine and a half months to get used to it your whole life changes for men it happens overnight you know you're they're watching you they go out to work throughout you know and then suddenly this little person is there demanding every single ounce of you and um I suppose it's simply say allowing that person to go through that without it making it mean anything about you or the relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The person is just simply expressing their feeling. I mean, of course, there are ways that we can express it that's more, more helpful than others. But um, the biggest lesson for me after our son was born was, she, I think our therapist said to me, she said, what if he never changes? What if this is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> okay um and then it's like and then it comes down to the kind of work I did with Terry where he kind of calls it he, what he calls the relational reckoning am I getting more from this relationship than I'm not getting and if I am then I have to let go of the things I'm not getting yes yeah yeah, yeah. we'll be right back after the short break Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So welcome back, uh, back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Where were we? It's really interesting that you that you mentioned that because I think we expect all things from one person. And I yeah. think, you know, that's the reason, the reason we've got best mates or, you know, a great parent that we can talk to is that our partner can't give us it all. You know, there are certain things that they're not going to be able to tick off on that list. And I think it's really important yeah. to remember that. And I sometimes I'm like, why doesn't he understand me when I say this? And it's like, well, that's not the way his brain works. He's been mm. in rugby his whole life. He's very brutal and honest and direct and down the line. And I am an emotional wreck that needs a massage. And mm. he can't do that to me. He can't give that mm. to me. So I don't yeah. go to that for him anymore. I go to you know my best mates yeah. that's just what I have to do but I think in the moment when you're extremely tired you know extreme yeah, extreme exhaustion and all the hormones are up and about you, you, it's almost it becomes bigger than it should be sure no absolutely I, I think it's really you know we all uh, there's a brilliant um therapist you might know called Esther Perel who talks about how you know we used to raise families in a village <laughs> And we used to get all our needs met by that village. And now we ask one person to meet all of those needs. And now you put us into lockdown. Yes. (laughs) And now everyone's wondering why they're going slightly crazy and why their relationships are are struggling. It's because they're not getting out of the house. Mm. You know, we aren't aren't able to create the distance that is required for desire to be there. You know, we have love and desire are the two elements of a good relationship. And usually people kind of plummet for I'll take the love and I'll let go of the desire because they just hear you know well that's what happens in a long-term relationship well I'm not going to accept that (laughs) I don't want to accept that but what you need for desire to stay there is is distance You, you know most of us will say when do we really really feel attracted to our partners it's usually when they're at the other side of the room they're not right in front of you <laughs> you're watching them do the thing that they do brilliantly or you're watching them talk to yeah. someone else yeah and so you need that distance and right now we're all on top of each other mm. and so you know love is the kind of you know you finish each other's sentences you know what you'd order on a menu you know what you need and you know what you don't need but you know when we're we're kind of wanting to be met on every level because we're all going through so many different feelings and you know if we take it back to parenting you go through all of those those gamut of emotions you're wanting to be met every time and and we can't all do it we can't be that one person as you say Zoe for our partner 
we're never going to do it. And if we ask them to be, we just set ourselves up to fail and them. Yeah. So this year, I mean, what was it? Well, it's almost a year, isn't it? March last year, we were all told to stay at home and we probably had never spent so much time with our partners before, Mm. apart from maybe a long holiday. And I don't know about you guys, but I there's so many things that I hadn't even realized about my husband and I've known him since we were 17 that things that came up which I've never even seen in him good and bad you know Mm, yeah have you had like an influx of people coming to you this year because I know we've never rowed as much as we have this year but equally we've never spoken as much as well so we've got through a lot of things that we probably wouldn't have done if we if we hadn't have been together so so much this year but so have you seen a lot of people coming to you basically Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I don't think it takes a genius to work that out, but it's yeah. definitely the case. Um, yeah. I, I mean, people are really struggling. This is, is um, and what's interesting, I think, is that I am seeing younger and younger couples coming. Mm. Um, and part of me, my heart sings about that because it means that people are willing to do the work yeah. earlier in yeah. their relationships yeah. and they're really tending to the relationship and knowing that they need help and not so scared to ask for it and actually not coming in like full crisis which is great and that was why I went into therapy I thought you know you don't have to be in crisis to go into couples therapy this is about you know we MOT our cars why are yeah. we not MOTing our <laughs> we go to the gym why are we not you know investing in the relationship that we claim is the most important relationship in our life and then we just let it go. We just there's neglect stigma. it. There's a stigma yeah. attached to it. People see, uh, in my there opinion, is. and what I've heard, people see it as you're in a relationship, then you're in therapy, then the marriage is over. And it's kind of that <laughs> chronological order. In the States, yeah. in the States, everybody has a therapist. It's yeah. like, it's like you know, uh, going to the a dentist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The dentist, an optician. Yeah. Um, everybody has one. And it's. Uh, I really believe it's a, an incredibly healthy thing that you can do. But I think in the UK, there's a bit of a stigma attached to that. To that. Definitely. There is. You're right. And, and even in the years that I've been practicing, that is changing. And I think part of that is social media and the kind of um, opening up about things and talking about mental health, which has really, really, you know, exploded, um, which is no bad thing. You know, we all have mental health. It's how we look after it, just like we all have a body. How do we look after our bodies? So it it is, you know, that's why I talk about it so much. And, you know, I'll go to a party when we used to be able to go to parties or go out and I meet people and they say, what do you do? And I say what I do. And, a lot of people, you either get people go really, oh, that's really interesting and, and ask me loads of questions or you literally get people walk away from you. <laughs> <laughs> like I can see through them and I can see yeah, everything. Yeah, you're analyzing them. them. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, um, I talk about it and I talk about the fact that Adam and I have been in therapy since the beginning of our relationship and how important that is and how brilliant it's been for us. You know, when we've really been going through tough times and even when we're having a good time, it's then about how, you know, we don't do enough of celebrating of the good stuff. Yeah. And that is something I keep talking about. Yeah, really, really noting it. Like really, you know, because we can't do so much at the moment, we can't go out for dinner, we can't go and see friends, we can't go on holiday, we can't do the things that usually you put in the diary to look forward to and to reconnect. We need to we need to kind of treat it like a job. You need to 
like put in even if it's the bare minimum of you know there's this lovely institute in the states called the Gottman Institute and they send out you can sign up for their emails and they send out the marriage minute I think it's every Thursday Tuesday or Thursday and it gives you kind of things to think about in your marriage so it's just keeping being mindful about your marriage and they always say you know you should have a six second kiss every day yes I love that yeah I normally go for two minutes two minutes yeah. is what because no. I think if you can snog for two, two minutes, minutes then really that's fairly long yeah, imagine, imagine, <laughs> my husband it. imagine how sore my mouth would be <laughs> <laughs> oh god you need to toughen your face up a bit but it is it's like putting those things in and and kind of leaving each other a note to say thank you saying thank you saying, saying thank you. you you know that's huge acknowledging that thanks for doing bath time tonight thanks for reading yes. a story whatever it is like I really appreciate it thanks for making dinner Thanks for giving a moment, me some time to go and do some exercise or whatever yeah. it is. Like really acknowledge your partner in the way that you'd acknowledge a mate. Yes. In, yeah. in a way that you'd acknowledge your colleagues at work because you're kind of thinking, I, I need these people. <laughs> I need to be, you know, in a good environment. And we let go of that at home so easily. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're so right. That's so interesting. And I think I think it's something we forget to do. It's almost like we expect to, to it goes back to that expectation of what our partner is there for. Um, and it's sure. like, they don't, they, we're not just at each other's beck and call and expected to do everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, there has to be that level of, like you said, taking a moment to just actually say, you know, I really, really, really appreciate everything that you've done for me today and I love you and I love you for these mm. reasons, for taking the bins out or for letting me lie on the bed. Yeah. Or not. Like last night I didn't do bath time. It's probably the first time I've not done it for, or I mean, I can't remember, months and months and months on end. I just went, I can't do it tonight. We normally do it together, mm. but he just yeah. took it took it last night and it got it, got it. It was like a gold yeah. ring. Yeah. It's like, mm. cheers, mate. Bye. And it is, and it's that bit, Zoe. It's, the, it's simply the thank yeah. you, the acknowledgement yeah. that he did it. And it's, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to cost you. It doesn't cost you anything. And I think that's what we get our, our heads, you know, we, we get into our heads. A lot of people don't want to say thank you. They don't want to say sorry because they're going to have to give something up. Get interested in what is it? it how is this going to cost me? I think, you know, a lot of people who listen to this podcast are women and their mothers. And, you know, we can, might go away from this podcast and think, right, I am going to say thank you. But what happens on the flip side when you feel like you're doing everything and you're not getting any thanks? How do you go about encouraging, you know, the, the other person in your life to be on the same page? Good question, G. Mm, yeah, really good question. Um, there's a... There's a um, I think we a communication skill in RLT called the feedback wheel. Mm. And what it is, is there are four steps to it. So you start with, this is what happened. This is what I saw happen. So you kind of report that as if a, a kind of camera was watching. So there's no emotion in it. There's no kind of interpretation. This is what happened. Mm. Then the next stage is, this is what I made up about it. Then you say, this is how I feel about it. And then you move to, this is what I'd like you to do in the future. And it's not, don't do it. (laughs) It's got to be, you've got to think about what you would need in the future. Because we all, all our feelings are based on what we are believing about ourselves in the minute and what we make something mean about us and about our relationship. So if you can slow it down into that, those four categories this is what happened yeah this is what I made up about it 
Mm-hmm. And this is what I feel. I'd like this going forward. And then you have to accept what you get and let go of the things you don't. Will you give us an example? Okay, so, um, you know, it, to, to take your point, G, of, like, I, um, I saw that you came in from work and you went upstairs and took a shower and then you came back downstairs and you sat on the sofa and watched the television. Yeah. I made up a story that you felt entitled to do that and that you didn't really care what I needed. And I felt a bit angry. I felt really disappointed. And I felt sad. And I'd really like you to come in and say hello and perhaps tell me that you would like to take a shower. And I'd ask, I'd like you to ask if there's anything I need before you do that. Yeah, nice. Yeah, very nice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I want Vix to live with both of us. Half the time me with me too. and half the time with you. Um, <laughs> I love that. I think, I think it's, so, it's kind of so easy and you can see it so clearly when we're sitting here talking calmly. I think, yeah. I don't know about you, Vix and G, but I, I get quite angry. Mm. I've got a lot of rage at the moment and it's weird because I never used to be an angry person. So I can go from being absolutely okay to being absolutely at boiling point um, where I have to get myself out of the room. Generally, I go and stand in the laundry. Um, but the anger levels seem to be, or at least that sort of moment where you can handle it and then bang, you can't handle it. It seems to happen quite quickly. Um, mm. And is that, do you think, a sign of being locked in I feel quite claustrophobic a bit anxious in my chest that kind of stuff well I I say to people most people come in with a kind of fear of anger they don't want to address anger I talk about anger as being a spectrum so you know boredom is one end and rage is at the other end so what it is is anger is my boundary anger is my best ally it's telling me something isn't working for me I have to listen to it. If I don't, it's going to be dangerous. So it's, you know, and I really sympathize, Zoe. I'm, I didn't class myself as someone who's angry. And for the much of the last year, I've been more angry than I ever have been. I think there's a kind of, you know, I know you mentioned this on other, um, certainly the other day on the podcast about uh, certainly a generalization, but women's tendency to kind of do everything and not ask for help. And we've got to get over that because when we don't, we explode at the people we love the most and we wouldn't do it at work. (laughs) You know, it's like, if you can contain it at work, you can contain it at home and it's not about suppressing it. I really need to make that clear. It's not about not acknowledging it. You can say, I feel so overwhelmed. I feel so angry. I feel so irritated. I feel so, um, frustrated and this is what I need um but so often we just explode and we scream at people and I don't want to shame anyone for doing that I've done it myself and at the same time it's what again Terry would call this kind of it's our whoosh it's our first consciousness we've been it goes to a part of our brain where 
we're not actually processing anything. We need to take a breath. We need to walk out the room. We need to come back. And we need to say, I'm really angry. I chucked a, um, I chucked a fork in the sink the other mm. night, like from a movie, like across <laughs> the room, into the sink, smashed a glass, like, like some sort of crazy mm. bitch. Like I literally have never done, I was so angry. And then I went into the laundry, slammed the door and I screamed like I was mm. possessed by a ghost. Um, <laughs> and Isla came downstairs. She was in bed. She came downstairs. She went, oh, someone's screaming. I was like, I know. I don't know. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I like no, it was definitely a woman's voice. All right. Yeah, no, don't know. Get but I was so, it, I, I was sort of shocked and quite ashamed that I behaved in that way because that's not how I communicate. I'm a communicator. Yeah, and Georgia, you know, Georgia is also all you know, in. Do you know Where's what? Okay, it's so funny because the other day I was reading a book with Axel, and it was about like if your feelings and being angry and that kind of thing. And I said to him, "What sort of thing might we do when we're angry?" And he went, "I don't know. Do the hoovering." Because, <laughs> <laughs> and then I literally was like. Oh, yeah, because when I'm cross with my husband, particularly about not doing enough, I go on a rampage, hoover, tidy up, throw everything in black sacks type of thing. And he obviously now thinks that when you're angry, you do the hoover. That's amazing. They learn what they live, G. And it it did like really make me think, oh, God, yeah, that, that is that is what I do. You're, you're right. using the energy in your body, G. You know, anger. Yeah, it's, it's not good hoovering. It's like <laughs> But your body knows what it needs, right? So yeah. if if you think about the words that you're wanting to use, like if you want to wring someone's neck, if you want to punch something, you want to kind of scream, you want to stab something, There, listen to the gerund because that bit is going to tell you what your body needs. So if you want to wring someone's neck, even if, you, you know, not literally. <laughs> Don't go and wring someone's neck. <laughs> no, so wring a towel. Like go oh, and yeah. wring a towel. Go and scream in the bath, scream in a pillow, scream, yeah. like hit the bed with, you know, if you've got one of those old school hoovers with a, a tube, like hit the bed with a, uh, uh, an old tube or use your kid's baseball bat, whatever it is, but do something safely. I, I let my son, I kind of give him a cushion when he's angry mm-hmm. and he'll like, hit the cushion. And I say, you can hit the cushion. And and he often, when he is upset, you know, similar to you, G, like what do children do when, they, when they're angry? If he feels upset that we've kind of been cross with him, he often takes himself out into the kitchen or into another room and then comes back and just goes, ah, <laughs> <laughs> like roars at us. And it's just like, it's brilliant. It's him releasing and getting it out. And then yeah. it's so important to make that possible. And we are all holding so much at the moment. There's so much anger and fear and pain and and loneliness that's going on it needs to come out mm-hmm. just like tears you know we most of us are okay when people cry they're going to go yeah get it out release it it's no different there's nothing wrong with anger it's how you behave it yeah yeah and you can't have one without the other i think people are frightened no. like you said, people are frightened to show that side of them because they don't want to let it bubble up so much that it's exploding mm. over the top because sometimes anger can be completely out of control and that's like that scare myself sometimes when I get 
that sort of rage mm. and it doesn't happen that often but I think you can't have light without dark you know it's mm. it's like smiles without tears it just the, you have to experience all of those emotions along the spectrum but I guess it's how we communicate when the anger's gone um and I, I think it would be great to get some tips from you um yeah. on how to kind of cope with the aftermath of an argument yeah um, I think there's, you know, you've got to take some space, you've got to be able to come back and know that you're ready to kind of re-engage and nothing's going to stimulate the argument again. You know, if there's any part of you that feels like you still got the argument in you, you need to go away and you need to kind of make a 24 hour moratorium on, on talking about that same sub- subject again, because otherwise you're just going to re-stimulate the anger. So there's something about kind of coming back and and acknowledging and saying, thanks for making space. Let's do something else now. So yeah. do, do something that's kind of connecting on another way, even if it's like watching a film or something on telly or making some food together or playing with the children or doing something that isn't about that. It's right. like there needs to be some kind of connection that isn't about that anymore. So if you've had an argument and there's that thing, isn't there? Don't go to sleep on an argument. Mm. But actually, sometimes it's good to give it some space. Yeah, I think that and that then, is a, a really yeah. important piece, G. You, you have to be able to like let your body calm down. Your whole kind of nervous system has to find a way to recalibrate. Yeah. In order to come back and actually get somewhere with this. You know, you might get to the point where you still disagree but that you agree to disagree. Yes. But you you can't do that when you're in that heated place. But sometimes you can't make up before bed. Like, I hate... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. exactly. What do you think about sleeping in a a separate room or on the sofa? What do you think about stuff like that? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. Personally, I think think it's just taking space. It's taking, you know, again, RLT, we talk about, you know, taking space responsibly. You know, you say, I'm going to go and take this space and I will be back at this point. Yeah. It's, it's responsible distance taking. It's, a, it's essentially saying, you know, he, he calls a timeout. He's saying, essentially, you're saying to the other, I love you so much that I'm going to take myself out because if I stay, I'm going to say something I regret. Yeah, and you can't take those ones back. And it's 100% responsibility. I am going now and I am going to come back at this point. Equally, if someone wants to talk to you about something and they want to give you some feedback, going back to that feedback wheel, if they want to give you feedback and you say, do you know what? I don't want to do it right now, but I will do it at this point. You can't just say no. (laughs) You have to say, because you have to know you're invested in the relationship. You can do what the hell you like if you're on your own. But once you enter into a relationship, you have to consider the other. It doesn't mean you have to do it on demand. Again, we talk about invite your partner or request from your partner. There are very few times where you may demand. And that is usually when you've got to like you need to give up drinking or this is over. You need to move the child away from the fire. You need, you know, those are the kind of times when you make demand. Otherwise, invite and request and know that you might get a no. Mm. If you get a no, it's because they're really saying, I can't give you this right now. And that's okay too. Well, yeah, because otherwise you're going to get half of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or resentment. And resentment is simply... I've gone over my own boundary and now I want to blame you for it. Yeah. 
How do we know that we're not completely fucking up our children's lives by arguing in front of them? We are. <laughs> we, we are all, in one way or another, screwing up our children. Let's just, let's just accept that, right? Let's, we're all doing it. We are not doing it intentionally. And we are doing it, we're so much more mindful than than previous generations not because there was I'm I, not because I'm lambasting previous generations we just have so much more information we have yeah. so much more knowledge and we're also not living in I mean I know currently we're going through a pandemic but prior to this and in normal times we've kind of got it fairly easy right mm. our, our parents parents generation were kind of mostly going through wartime you couldn't think about you know love and belonging and what else I'd like in my life you were just making you know, you were surviving. And I think yeah. that's what's going on now and and why a lot of us are angry and sad and under every piece of anger is sadness. Yeah. Any angry person is sad underneath. Yeah. Yeah. And all of us are just wanting to connect. Yeah. Every single action, whether we're pushing someone away or we're moving towards them, we're just moving towards them. We want to be loved, you know, and there's a lovely thing one of my first therapist teachers Terry another Terry taught me and he said you know most couples when they're arguing they're saying I miss you yeah yeah do you know what I find sometimes um when James and I have spent so much time together we bicker about silly things and it gets so you know so much so much bickering and everything is like wrong that the other person's doing and then occasionally I'm like do you know what let's just pretend to be nice to each other let's just pretend let's just pretend to be nice to each other just pretend and usually usually then we're like oh yeah actually this is much easier this is much That's easier. That's brilliant. Normally, I'm take normally, that. normally, I'm pretending to be cross, if that makes sense. Like, right. I'm not really cross. I'm not really cross that, like, he's left something out on the side. It's not really great. It's just that we're just bickering and that's what we're mm. in. We're in that bit of just not being nice to each other. Just yeah, like, yeah. we're just at, in, at that stage. So then I go, come on, let's just pretend. Let's just pretend to be nice. And that's what I do. And um, I mean, it doesn't always work, but sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it does. <laughs> fake, faking, fake love. Fake till you make it. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Victoria, listen, we're going to have to wrap this up. We, no we can worries. literally chat to you all afternoon, but but um, homeschooling is cooling. So um, we'll have to say goodbye. But thank you so much. I feel like that was so helpful. You're really welcome. And you've got such a calming voice. You have. Yes. I'm going to come to you. Very chilled. When can you slot us in? (laughs) (laughs) Two of you instead of your husband. (laughs) Yeah, the two of us. Yeah. (laughs) Let's get you booked in. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks, Victoria. Bye. Thank you. Bye. So good. So good. It is so good. I actually I'm gonna go back and listen to that. Yeah. And I'm gonna take take notes and I'm also gonna let make James listen to that as well. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's important when you're on the same page with something. But you know what? It's so good to talk about, isn't it? I love getting that kind of stuff off my chest. Yeah, and me, and me. And also she she made me feel that everything that I was experiencing and feeling loads of other people were also yes. experiencing and feeling as well and there's something quite nice in that feed you know sometimes my anxiety is so high around you know an argument or something that's annoyed me and my rage I get quite angry and all that kind of stuff it's like I'm just hoping that other people are feeling it too and it's not just me going crazy but actually the impact of lockdown and being 
you know, in the environment that we're in all the time. Yeah, yeah. it's quite, it's, it, it, it's hard. It's genuinely hard and it puts pressure on your relationship. So I think if you yeah. can hang on in there, don't exactly. give up. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? One thing, just, you know, before we wrap up, but one thing that she said, which I have really taken on board, I used to think you had to make up before you went to sleep. And I said this mm. in the chat. And and also, almost that puts pressure on riding the argument out. Like, quickly, let's mm. let's get this argument done. Let's, and, and even if you're not ready to. But actually, the fact that she said, Do you know what? It's actually all right to step away from the situation. Take a break. Just know that you haven't resolved this, this argument. But, mm. you know, you're not going to just be at each other. And that's okay because you can't resolve everything within a few hours. Like, not mm. every situation can be resolved and sometimes it is so much better to just calm down think about it yourself and then revisit it when you're both ready to yeah um, yeah, yeah really I good. Mean, yeah yeah it is something I'm definitely going to try and do (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try and do it all I'll let you know how it works well that is it for today but as always please 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 if you do have time uh, rate review and subscribe to the podcast and if you can tell somebody in your life that's not listening to uh, Made by Mama's podcast please ask them to do it it might help (laughs) <laughs> yeah, definitely. And also, if you're not following us on Instagram, then please do. We're on at Made by Mummers. You can also send in any questions there that you have, any suggestions for topics that you want us to cover on the podcast or guests. Um, and we'll see you on Friday. We'll see you then. Can't wait. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.